Welcome to this podcast on digital responsibility. There's a vibrant community across the world at the moment driving forward corporate digital responsibility, which includes a range of aspects from digital ethics, digital for the environment, sustainability, digital well-being, inclusion, accessibility, and more. This podcast talks to a number of people across that network to gain insight and, and learning to share across the world. My name is Rob Price, one of the founders of Corporate Digital Responsibility back in 2017. If you'd like to know more, have a look at the website, corporatedigitalresponsibility.net. So welcome to episode seven of our podcast on Corporate Digital Responsibility, where today we're going to talk about ambition carbon negative. I'm delighted to be joined by um, two excellent guests who I would like uh, each of them to introduce themselves now. So in no particular order, James, do you want to kick us off? Uh, very happy to. Thank you, Rob. Um, delighted to be here. I'm, I'm James. Uh, I guess my day job is um, the co-founder of uh, a digital agency called MFT Digital, and we're part of MSQ Group. And uh, in 2019, I took MMT Digital Carbon Negative and was really pleased last year to um, roll that out across the whole of MSQ Group. Um, by my other hat, um, relevant for today is I'm the co-chair of the BEMA Sustainability Council through which um, we do a couple of major initiatives. One is coaching other agencies on how to become carbon negative, um, as well as looking at how the world can build more sustainable, low carbon digital platforms, which perhaps we'll touch on in a bit. Brilliant. Excellent. And Andrew, over to you. Hi, I'm delighted to be here too. Um, and Thanks for the invitation, Rob. Um, I so I'm a, I'm a consultant, uh, coach, advisor on digital and um, low carbon, the energy transition, sustainability. Um, my background: um, 15 years working for um, the energy major BP, um, with a big focus on digital and accelerating uh, business transformation, particularly um, most recently on the low carbon agenda. And I'm guessing if it's a great place to start because um, um, any organisation over the last few years has kind of been looking very much at trying to identify what their carbon output is and what they can do, how they can measure it. Um, and, and, and in that conversation already, we've kind of seen quite a big scale of difference. BP, huge global organisation, uh, through to kind of um, uh, the membership of BEMA, kind of smaller UK-based, James? Primarily, yeah. Yeah, there yeah. are some global group com large companies in there you know WPP etc so so is when, when we talk about carbon negative does everyone talk does it mean the same thing I mean does it mean the same thing to you Andrew and to you James kind of what what in BP in in BEMA members Andrew how, how would what does it mean to you I think carbon negative is a little bit of a new term I think a lot of people are familiar with carbon neutral but I think carbon negative um it, you know, as I say, it's somewhat new and people are coming up to speed. The way I think about it is, you know, if you think about yourself as an individual on the planet, um, in becoming carbon neutral means doing any harm to the planet any longer, which is a good thing. And, um, you know, you hear about you know, net zero and all of these targets, and that's, that's really, really good. What would be going above and beyond, though, is to say all of the harm all of the emissions that I've made ever since I was born, I'm going to offset or put all of that right. And that's huge. Um, you know, if everyone was to do that, you know, that would make 
such a difference, you know, every individual, every company. And, um, and you know, it's, as I say, is a kind of step beyond um, carbon neutrality. But, you know, companies like Microsoft have come out and said this is their goal. And I think that's, you know, that's a North Star and exemplar to all of us. And, um, and well done to Microsoft for kind of setting the lead there. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I think to your point, I mean, do, do people, are, are we all aligned on it? I think, you know, what I find when I talk to people is is actually generally people don't really understand the terms net negative, carbon neutral, net neutral, climate positive, which is the same thing as carbon negative more. I see climate positive more and more than I do carbon negative. Um, I, I We went carbon negative and I guess Microsoft making that announcement brings that to the front and and then when you dig into it there's are people doing that for scope one two and three and then people don't really understand one two and three and and particularly as a service economy and a service business agencies primarily are our scope one and two footprint is probably five percent of our overall so it's really important to be confident that it's not a box ticking exercise and uh, you know and then yes that definition you know if you if you're offsetting everything since you were born then actually you're i guess you could argue you're 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 carbon neutral across your life but you could certainly then argue that you're carbon negative across a 12-month reporting period anyway let's not open a can of worms i think the, the point is actually that there aren't really brilliant definitions what i would say yes agree kudos to microsoft a for getting that for going that extra step and b because they are clear about it they are kind of trying to do that across scope one two and three and even for microsoft that is the hefty hefty part of their of their footprint and, and i guess the key thing that we could all agree with that is it's about making a positive contribution above and beyond just doing some reporting or just kind of doing the things that you have to do from a compliance perspective um I want to come back to the scope one, scope, scope two, scope three, but but Andrew, can I, perhaps we could explore some of the things that, I mean, an organisation like BP, any organisation of that scale in terms of presence on the planet, um, ident- going through the process of identifying scope one, scope two, scope three, and doing something about that must be a massive exercise. A- a- any lessons or, or, or kind of illustrations there just to kind of help people think about the things that they should be looking at? So I, I, there's a league table of corporations and, and emissions and um, BP's kind of in the top 20, um, you know, global um, emitters in, in the world, um, including scope three. So in, including all of the fuel that um, customers of BP burn in their vehicles or aeroplanes and so forth. Um, the carbon agenda is huge, I'd say, for all energy companies. Um, you know, it's well documented, I think, that the world has a finite carbon budget. Um, if we want to avoid the consequences of global warming, um, going you know, into dangerous territory, one and a half, two degrees or more, we have to stop adding carbon dioxide to the atmosphere. And if you are a business that has you know, been around 100 years um, extracting um, successfully hydrocarbons, you know, lifting people out of energy poverty. Um, you know, what do you do when that carbon budget is is reached, and we can no longer burn you know, um, fossil fuels? So, so it's it's huge. Um, you know, for for I think the future um, of energy is really clear: um, sustainable energy, renewable energy. Um, the um, 
economics of, of renewable energy has really transformed over the last 10 years. And, um, and BP set out a strategy to transition to become a, a net zero company. And that's what the um, company set out last year. I think it's the right thing for people, right thing for the planet. Um, and you know, you'll see, you've seen other energy majors um, take similar steps. So it's really quite encouraging. One, one, one of the things, I mean, just going back to the scope one, uh, scope, scope three. So, so we had a question um, on, on, on LinkedIn kind of yesterday, very much saying, what, what about the practical examples around scope three, especially, which people tend to kind of see as, as the hardest to kind of hit, hardest to impact? Um, anything that you'd call out there from, from the work that you saw? Any, any, any practical tips, maybe? So scope three is the largest part by, by a long way. If you look at the data that BP's published and the, the scope threes, um, I think 350 megatons, the scope one, scope two, about 50. So it's, it's, a, it's a very large part. Frankly, selling more renewable energy, energy, energy generated by, um, by solar, by wind, um, is going to, as that energy mix changes, then um, the scope three emissions, the emissions of customers, um, you know, using BP energy products, that that will reduce. There are other things, um, you know, offsets and um, natural solutions and so forth that, that are, you know, biofuels. All these things are going to help, but um, but I think it's the changing the energy mix that's going to be the big thing. James, how about kind of broader business landscape? Kind of, why should somebody go beyond ESG? What's what's the thing? What's the compelling set of events to do the right thing for the planet? Well, I mean, well, from a kind of do the right thing. I mean, I don't really like the kind of scare tactics. You know, we're all going to die, but you know, we might if we get if we if we get this a bit wrong. And I think I think if there was a meteorite crashing to Earth and it was going to hit in fifty years, we would all rally round it as a global community and we would deal with it in a kind of Armageddon-style way. Um, you know, four out of the five major extinction events that have happened, you know, have been climate related. The, the one that wipes out the dinosaurs grabs all the headlines and makes better Hollywood movies because we don't deal with the fact that oh the, 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 the you know the world might be uninhabitable in 80 years we, uh, the human brain just doesn't sort of process that in in a very kind of logical way I, I don't really like all those scare tactics but there are lots and lots of quite horrifying statistics about how we really are in the middle of the sixth extinction level event the holocene extinction event 150 to 200 species of, of plants and animals um are, are getting wiped out every 24 hours i mean there's, there's just so many horrifying stats about why we should do it um for, from a kind of business so it's the right right thing to do we're crazy to do it as a, again as a service company and we are a service economy um it's fun it's in phenomenally cheap to do this stuff it just takes a little bit of time you know our, our footprint from mmt when we modeled it in 2019 was was 620 tons you know it's tiny figures um didn't really mean anything to me but we were a 150 person company to offset that and that isn't the answer but it's the first step towards carbon neutrality cost under three thousand pounds for a 15 million turnover business it was a fall off my chair moment and it usually is for the companies that i coach and so the reason we became carbon negative was just because it seemed so petty to reduce our offsetting as we reduce our footprint um, and our footprint was 50 percent lower 
partially because of covid last year but we offset at what we call our base level it's so it, it it's fantastically cheap to do and there are just there are so many commercial benefits to doing it it's staff engagement they love it we have staff salary sacrifice offsetting schemes for tax-free offsetting um costs us a tiny amount but has value far beyond its cost that is one of our most engaged slack channels and communities people love feeding in ideas they love yeah. working for companies that behave yeah. in this way we report to our clients about our emissions and how we're reducing it and and it it takes a bit of time it takes a little working group but it really doesn't take very much money so there's the we should do it because we might all die if we don't argument that's somehow unfortunately doesn't resonate that well i think it's getting stronger but actually commercially you know it, it's huge and we're starting to see companies put this at the forefront of procuring services as well so um, which is great and, sorry and, and in a sense maybe maybe the pandemic as a kind of major global event has focused people's attention more on that point around the world coming together to kind of solve something quickly because we've had no choice there has to have been a reaction i'm interested in the i mean as you say offsetting is a step but offsetting of course isn't the answer it's it's a kind of what can we do to make a tangible difference above and beyond that that whole point around purpose is is so so critical i think in terms of kind of the wider kind of corporate digital responsibility it's it's about very much doing the right thing but i'm interested in in what we're seeing as kind of organizations leading the way maybe using analytics or digital technologies or or product invention to create positive outcomes for the planet and society what, what would you kind of pull out maybe as, as as the exemplars of things that you've seen or heard or talked about you know, the, the the thing that i think is most striking is the renewable energy technologies that are, you know, around solar around wind around batteries they're following moore's law and if you look at the cost curves um over the last <clears throat> excuse me 10 years or so um every 18 months you know the prices have halved and it's incredible to see that because the economics now are, are helping to drive the transition um, to, to clean energy. And, and um, you know, that's huge. It, talking about digital technology, I think um, that too is making a key difference. Um, you know, the combination of data, machine learning allows us to predict our uh, process problems and proactively avoid them. And, and you know, process problems can lead to both you know, reduce production, reduce revenue, and in some cases emissions. So, um, so digital technology has got a big role to play, as well as the you know more um, conventional technologies around solar and wind and so forth. I'm sure there are lots of lovely examples. I mean, we're sat here on Zoom. Of course, it has emissions, but it's much less than if we all got together in London and travelled around. So, there's some really obvious ones. I think the other side of that, which again I'm very focused on with Beamer is actually you know we have to look at digital yes it has all those benefits but actually the internet uh, as, a, as an emitter depending on where you sort of start measuring it yes there's all the servers and the data centers but there's all our laptops and all the infrastructure um, so depending on where you measure it um, it's quite high up if you measured it against the list of countries in, in an actual emitter so actually as a community with Beamer and organizations going through digital transformation we need to do we need to be better actually at focusing on building lower carbon um, digital platforms, whether that's websites or apps or whatever. The, the world's missing the um, the equivalent that we have for building for you know, to accessibility guidelines and things like that. So 
we, we've got some things coming, but that you know that we need to plug the gap before those standards come. But generally, look, I'm a I'm a techie. I'm a huge optimist that we realized we have this problem and I think we have an incredible capacity to deal with it and there's as, as Andrew says the headline grabbing sort of renewable energy stuff um, much more Andrew's area than mine but just from watching the brilliant sort of inside Bill's brain the sort of you know startups like Terra Power I don't know perhaps perhaps that's marketing hype Andrew and if you want to but it's this sort of clean green um, nuclear energy that runs potentially off existing nuclear waste like amazing innovations like that i'm a director of a company called qp transformation that is focused on building um, more energy efficient power semiconductors so weird and wonderful so, i.e you know how can we drive transistors switches or analog to digital converters and transformers so getting right down to the sort of chip level and potentially there's technology there that can drive electric motors or any almost any electrical device five to ten percent more efficiently. So there's there's so many angles. There's renewable energy, but there's also you know technology that you know can we consume that energy energy more efficiently? If you could make electric motors run five to ten percent, I did the numbers on it because in theory you could make these these chips could make electric motors run about ten percent more efficiently if you got them in, which you never would in every electric motor in the world. It would it would effectively single-handedly offset global deforestation because the impact is about 3.8 billion trees when you convert the emissions into trees. So there's so much stuff. Um, and I'm so optimistic that, you know, when you connect all these things together, we, we can solve this thing. And, and, and maybe, I mean, kind of at the heart of a lot of those examples for me is understanding the consequence of the things that organisations are doing. So being able to kind of measure as, as many organizations have started doing is 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 a start ESG kind of reporting and and, and um, at least being able to talk about their carbon impact but well but, I would or, just say that Rob one of the, one of the really important things for, for companies to do even when they're small because there are some simple things you can just start offsetting you can just say on average companies have this amount of emissions per head so we'll just sign up to this scheme there's so much value in measuring and using tools and and so i'm not really plugging it because you know it's i have all the tools to measure your footprint are on the netcarbonnegative.co.uk website that we use uh, run the training course on but there are other lots of other tools but by by measuring your footprint I, only then can you really actually have a sensible strategy to reduce it and and that's that's the really really important piece and, you know and I, and I think then actually having that as a lens in everything that you do so kind of one of the uh, pieces of work uh, we did was around understanding the consequential impact of 700 different projects happening across an organization and these were big capital projects um, and and the impact on their achieving the targets that they wanted to achieve or even um, uh, David Jensen and the work he's doing at the UN Environment Programme in essence trying to create a digital twin of the planet and, and and say well if we do this or if this government does this or if this organization does this with this aggregated set of information what is the impact that kind of organizations can have on biodiversity or climate change or or, or those things but but to, to measurements to start but understanding that as the consequence of those actions that you are then taking as a business and the impact that you then yeah. can deliver i think is, is the key thing so so thinking about 2021 um conscious of still the ongoing pandemic and and, and battling that what what are the key things that you're kind of looking for during this year and whether it's public policy obviously in the UK we've got the environment bill kind of hopefully coming well delayed again later in the year um what's going to make a difference this year 
Um, I, I'd just um, add perhaps to a point, um, all, all the things that a, um, a company needs to be successful, be it um, you know, attracting the right talent, employees, um, attracting the right investment um, and, and customers. You know, the, they're, they're looking for companies that are doing the, the right thing sustainably um, from a sustainability perspective. So I, I'd, I'd just echo what the you know, point's really important. I'm, I'm super encouraged, actually, some, some public policy changes that we see. So be it the um, um, EU um, working on um, the, the Build Back Better and, and um, you know, the, the, the kind of green recovery, um, that's hugely encouraging. Um, the changes we see in the United States and the government there, um, uh, rejoining Paris and so forth, hugely encouraging. And UK... Um, as well, there's, there's a lot, I think, to be optimistic about. To your question directly, um, what public policy change would make a difference? I, I'm still surprised by the amount of money that is, is spent, public money spent subsidizing fossil fuels. It's incredible. And um, you know, in the UK, for example, um, a, much of the cost of, de of decommissioning oil assets is, is tax deductible. Um, for me, um, no one likes new taxes. People talk about carbon taxes. I'd just like to see um, the fossil fuel subsidies removed. And, and we talked about the re economics of renewable energy earlier. I think that would make it even more powerful and accelerate the change even more. So, um, so you know, if I were Boris Johnson for the day, um, which is soon out, that would be my, um, my push. Let's see if we can um, in level the playing field and remove those subsidies for fossil fuels. I think I'd probably just, you know, definitely agree with all that at the macro level. If I kind of bring it down to my bubble of digital and Beamer and dig building digital platforms, what I'd like to see, right? You know, from I guess from a public sector point of view, it'd be nice to see procurement really leading the way with, you know, insisting or certainly adding considerable weight to submissions for building digital platforms around ideas for sustainability and, and making them low carbon. We're starting to see that in the private sector, but hopefully that, you know, trickles through that it's, you know, it's very seriously considered by, you know, companies putting out um, things to, to tender. I think I'd like to see healthy competition within Beamer and we as I say we want to improve and get these standards out there so that, that that we all have this fantastic kind of building for sustainability practices most agencies worth their salt are very good at building for accessibility adhering to all sorts of standards that we need to um, but we as I, I touched on it you know that we are missing the kind of any kind of standards and I'm not sure where those exist the, the, the accessibility standards have been around for 20 years and they're brilliant um, and they're sort of owned by the W3C because because it's all about the sort of front end of the site and, and maybe they're the right organization to develop sustainability standards, but it's much more full stack than that. Um, so, but I, I am seeing a bit of a sea change. I'd like to see things procured and I'd like to see suppliers really, and I'm seeing, I have some optimism this will happen that, that suppliers um, really start to, you know, sell this as a real USP. Um, we can build that platform better, cheaper, faster, but also, lower carbon than the competition. Cool, um, excellent conversation. And we started off, of course, talking about ambition, carbon negative or climate positive, what organizations can do above and beyond. Um, I was reading a book last night around impact investment and, and, and very much kind of understanding how 
capitalism could evolve to um, recognize greater social value of ventures that were lined with some of the things that we're talking about here. I guess from a final thoughts point of view, one thing that you'd love to see. I'd just say um, this is the most important decade for us to kind of set the world on a sustainable path. You know, as we think about um, the world we want to leave for our children, our children's children, in this decade is going to be, I think, pivotal. I think that's widely said. So um, uh, everyone who's tuned in to listen to this, I'm sure, has, has got a passion and interest. And, um, and I think, you know, the more people that get into action um, around, the, you know, the, this agenda, be it their current business models or changing their business models to um, kind of reflect the, the new the, the new opportunities that um, you know the um, the um, sustainable agenda brings um, you know that the more people that, that um, come on board I think is is going to be huge so um, that would be my wish thank you Rob and James, yeah I mean I think you, yeah no brilliant words I mean I, I think I'd echo that and, and absolutely given I don't know our audience is perhaps primarily UK based just to sort of hit that you know, the challenge that you always get about, you know, what's the point where only 2% or I'm only an individual or I'm only a business of 50 people, I'm not a BP or whatever. You know, I, I think that, you know, it's just the, fundamentally the wrong way of looking at it. You know, if, if we all as individuals do that, even in my world of Beamer as digital agencies, we, we can show the UK that we can be a high growth sector that is low carbon and we can help the UK become a growing economy that is low carbon. And we can be a sort of, you know, a beacon to the to the world. Um, and I think that's that that is massively important, whether it actually fundamentally makes a difference in its own little right. Um, but I think, you know, we, we led the, the industrial age. And I don't mean it in the sense that oh, we should be you know paying back. I just mean we can really kind of lead this and be a real kind of beacon. So, yeah, I would just want to finish on that. You know, I, I love good old Sir David Attenborough who does these brilliant programs, but always has that kind of optimistic, this is what we can do about it piece at the end. Um, and, and I think that that that's the message that we, we, we can curb this. Um, but, it's, you know, it's really important that we all do our bit. And it does make a difference because it, it does show the world what, what can be done. No, excellent and, and gr brilliant words to finish with. Um, I think it, it is a it is a reset moment. It is the opportunity to do something different. Um, I do see a different sense of community and sense of belief building behind that. And and of course the answer is it has to be global. And and I'm delighted actually that I know the audience for this is often global indeed. Uh, only the, only only yesterday I got an email from the CEO of an Indian business uh, in in terms of one of the earlier podcasts. We as the globe need to kind of do the right things um, and I'm delighted uh, you mentioned Microsoft earlier delighted to see the work that they were doing but it's incumbent on us all to make that positive difference thank you very much both of you thank you Rob it's been thank really you enjoyable.